Really quickly before we get to today's show, today happens to be my birthday, and so we've got a special birthday wish to ask of you. If you love this podcast, we would love it if you went ahead and reviewed it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you listen to this on. If that's not possible, please feel free to share it with someone who might benefit from listening to it. Thanks so much, and now let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Lisa Pekosek, and I'm taking the reins on today's episode to help you get to know my amazing co-host, Mike Bird. We're going to talk business, careers, and personal life. Mike, are you excited? Way too excited. Thank you so much, Lisa. Awesome. All right, so to get us started, if you could summarize yourself in a few sentences, how would you describe yourself? I'm usually pretty bad at answering these questions, so I will just kind of go at it intuitively here. I'm someone who cares a lot about other people. So I'm, I'm a helper. I'm someone who wants to make the world a better place, sort of one person at a time or one group of people at a time. And I guess I, I do that through just sort of being a teacher of some sorts. I'm someone who likes to learn and then I like to share what I learn and I like getting into conversations with other people who like to learn and the more conversations that I have like that around how do you grow yourself and how do we grow the world and how do we make this world a better place, those are the kinds of things that really get me going and, and make me feel alive. So that's one element to me for sure. I'm someone who's, you know, the I take what I do seriously but don't take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing that I live by. Yeah, I I just really am someone who wants other people to to be happy and sometimes that doesn't always sometimes that means not always being super friendly. Um but I want I want people to be happy in the long term after long after they've met me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. All right, so I want to take a walk through some of your history and really understand you know, where you came from, where you're headed. So we met at IPAC, which is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, what was your educational background? So I went to, I guess I'll roll it back really quickly here to, I grew up in Ontario and went to high school out in BC. So leaving high school, I immediately came to where I am now, which is Montreal. And I went to McGill University I studied kinesiology. I did a minor in economics. Uh, I took forever to do my undergrad. I graduated technically in uh, technically in seven years, even though the bulk of what I studied was done in five. Um, there were some some crazy stories and technical reasons that kept me from from being on course. But uh, before I got into sort of the IPEC community and the coaching space. I was somebody who was on path on a path that I I thought I was on a path to become a doctor. And mm-hmm. then really early on in my university days realized that I wasn't the caliber of student and I wasn't really the person who was going to have the work ethic needed in that acad- academic setting to become a doctor realistically. So I pivoted and and went more into the coaching route. Again, they're both they're both helper type personalities and roles, but uh, different ways of expressing that. 
Yeah. What made you want to become a doctor? Growing up, I always loved science. I loved um, the idea of, of experimenting and discovering new things, which I think is still true for me today. I wanted to help people. Um, I, I was helped by a lot of doctors when I was young. So I was hospitalized for five months after I was born uh, in SickKids Hospital in Toronto and was followed by doctors for um, sort of a defective lymphatic issue that I was basically born with a large cyst in my neck. And over the course of about four or five years, that was treated and removed and, and rehabbed. And so I grew up inspired by the work of doctors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah. It was a bit shocking when I realized to myself that I probably wasn't going to become one that that took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around. Cause I think I was very, I was very set on the idea that I could kind of keep being the person that I was in high school and go on the medical track and walk out of there, you know, 10, 12, 13 years later as being a doctor. And in reality, I did not evolve that way in terms of the academic that I would have had to have been to kind of go that route. I was next to a guy in res in my first year of university whom I, I still know. And, you know, it's been 13 years since I first met him and he's just wrapping up his path to being a cardiologist now. Wow. And when I look back on what he has done, I can't really see myself having done that. If I'm that being sense. really honest. Yeah. What helped you to feel good with this decision to change paths? I think it would came down to believing that I could help people in other ways. Yeah. So realizing that I had other gifts, uh, to share that I always was passionate about, uh, helping other people and helping them develop that sort of drew me to, to football, which went from being something that I knew nothing about in high school when I first started in grade eight to something that I, you know, fell madly in love with the sport of, as a game in grade nine, grade 10, and then realized later on that it really is just a vehicle through which you can teach life lessons to other people. And so that's where I've, that was where my career started to go for a long time in my twenties. And it's still something that I do. And it's, it's not what I'm pursuing full time now, but it's something that I've taken forward with me to, to now and will continue to in the, in the future. Very cool. Yeah. What is your current employment situation? So I work in a school. I have um, a nine to five or what, what's really an eight to four for me. So I work in an all boys private school, English school in Montreal. So it's very, very unique, uh, very unique setting and not the kind of academic setting that I grew up in. And then when I come home from that, I'm working on stuff like this. So I'm, I'm building... Um, Coach Wazo Life and Leadership Coaching, which is about to go through, I think, a slight change in name to something that I think is a little more reflective of, of the work I'm doing. In reality, I I work uh, with undergraduate students to help them launch their careers and really give them a toolkit of skills that are not that's not taught in university or high school. And if you you can learn them on your own through experience, um, or you can you can meet a guide and the guide will help you 
fast track your career development. And that's kind of the role I like to try and play with my, with my clients. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. So you're busy. I'm very busy. Yeah. 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 So how do you, how do you juggle those two? I'm pretty good at getting everything that I have to get done for my nine to five done in the nine to five block. So that's one thing when I'm there, I, I go pretty hard and I don't, get distracted too easily on things that are not related to that. Um, it has been a bit of a challenge as of late because I, I obviously have, you know, a great passion for this kind of work that we're, we're doing right now. And so sometimes it can get a little bit difficult for me to sort of have my headspace cleared. Um, but I'm, I'm a pretty structured person. Typically the more structure there is in my life, the better I perform. And at times in the times where I don't have structure, that's where I'm often not very productive. So making sure that I have my week planned out, uh, you know, if I can look at my calendar and sort of get a sense of what I'm going to do every night after I finish up at work is important to me because it allows me to actually have a productive week, week after week. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. How do you keep up your motivation? I think it goes back to a remembering what I really like to do, which is help people and to be able to help people in the way that I want to help people is in itself motivating. Um, the actual motivator that got me into, into coaching and the IPEC route and going through our program together came when I realized that with my family out on the West coast, I would have to have a career that would allow me to do some work remotely and to not be so dependent on location. I love where I live now, but there is no question that I would love to have the ability to, to take my work, fly to somewhere else in the world or drive down to another city and be able to continue my, my same work in a different location so with my family so far away and a drive to kind of have more of them in my life, because I'm the only relative, I'm the only member of my family in Montreal. Mm. Uh, so I have a drive to be able to see the people that I love more than I do now. And it's not to say that I don't have people that I, I love here. I, I have some really important people here uh, through my girlfriend and her family. But at the same time, in addition to that, I have a desire to, to have more of those people in my life more often. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to be able to have that full supportive experience from all angles. Mm-hmm. That, that makes total sense. Yeah. And I do feel that way. I'm very fortunate in the sense that wherever I am around my family, I feel very supported for what I do. Amazing. Yeah. I know that's not everyone's reality. Yeah. So your business right now is called Coach Wazo Life and Leadership Coaching. Mm-hmm. What does leadership mean to you? To me, leadership is the ability to influence other people in a way that leads to change that is beneficial for the greater good. So, I mean, you can have leadership that is not beneficial for the greater good, but that's not exactly what I aspire to help teach and, and support but leadership is influence. It's how you can go about sharing ideas, communicating, uh, 
thoughts and ways of doing things that will make people better off than they were before. Uh, and sometimes it's in the short run and a lot of the time it's in the long run. And so leadership enters those challenges where someone who's in a leadership position has to do something that is really difficult for the short term benefit of everyone. It might not be beneficial in the short term for everyone, but the way that they go about their process and their communication and selling their vision in the long term, everyone becomes better off. That's sort of like the sort of ide idealistic way of looking at leadership for me. Mm. And why yeah. do you think that's important to you? It's important to me because when it comes to the world that we live in, we can either go down a path where there is potentially a lot of, of pain and suffering and there is a lot of sort of, I guess I'll call it, there's a lot of behavior that's not for the good of all people. And I guess, so I guess there's an egalitarian component to who I am. Leadership allows people to change the world through their ideas and through how they show up, through changing others. So to actually be able to leave the world as a better place than what you found it as, if you don't have those skills, you're not, you're typically not going to deliver on that idea. Mm -hmm. It's hard to actually go out and, and make a positive mark if you can't be a leader. What do you like most about working with clients? I enjoy getting to know a person's story and their real story behind their story. I enjoy being somebody that they can trust and I enjoy watching them develop. The, the high comes from watching people evolve. Uh, but the process is fulfilling as well. Actually going out and discovering who a person really is and being there a lot of the time for their own discovery of who they really are. That's, that's what excites me about coaching. It's really inspiring to hear you talk about that. Thanks. I can just feel the energy in your voice when you talk about it. It's very cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's a very primitive thing and I've always had it. I got into football and the idea of coaching football when I was a teenager and I've always just enjoyed watching people grow. Have you found any similarities between coaching football and coaching clients? Yeah, I would say that like football has given me more of the directive edge that that it can be helpful in coaching to actually say something that's really direct and um, at times hard to hear for a client. At the same time, the kind of coaching that we do, which is often very question-based and exploratory, has allowed me to kind of ask powerful questions of the people that I coach in an athletics setting to get them to sort of open up and discover for themselves what's holding them back uh, has been key so that that you're not always functioning in the gear of like assertiveness and, you know, direct authority and which is kind of the, the rap that coaching has in the sports world, mm -hmm. or at least in that context, it's kind of how the world I feel like views coaching when in reality, you know, you, you can't, you can't make the horse drink the water you have to convince the horse of, as to why it's a good idea to drink the water. Um, and then, and then the magic starts to really happen.
Yeah. So it sounds like on both sides, your, your football coaching is influencing your client coaching and your client coaching is influencing your football coaching. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They feed each other very nicely. Very cool. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Yeah. What makes you unique as a coach and why should somebody hire you? I mean, I think we're all unique people and we all have unique strengths. I think what you get with me that makes me stand out from a lot of other people is a mix of some experiences that are very, very different from one another. Just when you look at my own background. So I'm somebody who believes a lot in teamwork because of my medical history. I believe that you can accomplish great feats when people work together, right? My own life was, was saved basically by teams of, of medical professionals working together for an extended period of time. So I'm a, I have a huge belief in that. On the flip side, I'm someone who grew up in some very different settings. So I'm, I have some limits for sure in terms of my overall cultural awareness. Um, but I am someone who is open to learning and knowing about people of different backgrounds. I understand that your attitude is what defines whether you're going to be successful in accomplishing a goal or not more than anything else. Um, for years I told myself that I could never learn another language and I was never going to be able to actually, you know, live confidently in a culture that was not what I'd grown up with. And when I changed that narrative, I started to dramatically change my life, dramatically change my level of skill in terms of my, my French in particular. And just having that experience, I know like it, it's, it's like, you know, it's that universal truth now that's ingrained in me that you can go forward and change whatever you want to change in your life. If you believe you can change. So, what makes me unique? It's, I can't, I don't sum it up very well in a short punchy phrase, but I'm not sure there are a ton of people in the world with the exact set of experiences that, that I've been able to live through. Um, and I bring a package that's, you know, a mix of being cooperative and energizing and direct and honest uh, to, to whatever table I'm sitting at. Yeah. Plus that caring piece that really, you, that you talked about at the beginning yep. of being that person who really cares for others. Yeah, for sure. So you're an entrepreneur now. Mm -hmm. What would you say surprised you about entrepreneurship? There's a lot of things that have surprised me about entrepreneurship. I knew it would be hard emotionally, especially to have a, a job while also building something that was entrepreneurial in nature at the same time. There are some days where it just feels overwhelming and mm -hmm. like I don't like I'm not making progress in, in what I'm trying to build. You asked what's, what's the most surprising thing about entrepreneurship. I think it's probably, it's how important the relationships you have are in your life. So I think most great businesses are built kind of one relationship at a time. And as those relationships get stronger and stronger then you know, your, your influence as, as a person in business who helps other people, your reach gets bigger and bigger. I think realizing that entrepreneurship is just 
a really creative way of saying that you help people solve problems and, <laughs> you know, a really specific problem. I think if you want to really be successful in business long-term, getting clear on what that problem is that you help people solve is an amazing piece of discovery. And, you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with understanding finance or, you know, it affects how you market yourself. It affects the work that you actually do. But if you're the more in touch you are with people and the problems that they face, the better you'll be as an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. What do you think has been the most exciting part of entrepreneurship? Seeing other people get excited about the work that I'm doing and, and believing that there's value in it. Um, when you get hired, it's because somebody trusts you and it means that you've gone out and you've done something that demonstrates that you have a degree of efficacy of, of, of skill and it's earned you an opportunity to keep going and helping someone. Yeah. So that, that to me really, that energizes me. Very and excites cool. me for sure. If you were going to give somebody who's thinking about having these two types of pursuits, you know, having a nine to five and pursuing a side hustle that turns into a second full-time job, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what tips would you have for those types of people? Be ready to say no to a lot of things. Have some sort of support network in your life that's very strong. If you have a partner, having a partner who believes in what you're doing is huge. Be patient. And that's probably one of my biggest flaws as a person is I can get exceedingly impatient with stuff. It's tough though. It's very tough. Realizing that you're in it for whatever you think, however, however long you think it's going to take for the business to get off the ground like double it, maybe triple it and just realize that that's normal and just keep working away. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. It's a journey. And if you just sort of, if you get caught up in where you want to be, this kind of goes back to what Stacey Polak said in our last and two episodes ago when she talked about like being concerned about getting to point Z in your life, well, just if you can figure out what point B, C, D, figure out what those points are and go and pursue those, you make way more progress. Um, so that's something that I would counsel any new entrepreneur on. Awesome. Yeah. What are some of the major challenges that you've faced in your own career? In my professional life, I think I have struggled to early on, I struggled to be self-aware in terms of who I was to my, to my colleagues, how I was being viewed by others. I think that was something that really held me back. The first leadership position I ever held, I held it. I received the offer when I was 23 and I had a lot of technical skill. It was in, it was in football coaching and I had a lot of technical skill for the position and really lacked 
a lot of the interpersonal soft skills that were necessary to be successful. And I only lasted about, uh, about 18 months in that job. That's something that I've really learned a lot from. I wasn't a great communicator at that time either. So I've come a long way in terms of being able to, to get a sense of how my messages are being picked up by other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those two areas, just self-awareness and communication were big, big issues early on. Now it's less of that. And it's more of being able to find ways to grow myself where I am without necessarily sort of cannibalizing my energy Mm -hmm. uh, and my time. If I wanted to grow more in my career in my nine to five, I could put more time into it or I could take some really, you know, big risks that might be really beneficial in the long run. But I find that really takes away from my focus in terms of building a business. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather put more time into that and take bigger risks there. And right now it's just about sort of weighing the different options that are out there in terms of the risk profile. That makes sense. Yeah. So speaking of risks, what are some of the major risks that you've taken in your career and how did they turn out? I mean, the best risk that I can think of was when I went to learn French and, um, honestly at the time, I don't really think it felt like a risk at all because I, I had a really clear goal, but if you were to say to most people, um, you're going to take on this new job in a town you've never been in, in a language you don't speak, and you're going to do it for five months and you're going to make about $6,000. A lot of people would say, hell no, (laughs) that's risky. Yeah. And at the time, at that time in my life, I just didn't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. what has felt risky is staying where I am for too long mm-hmm. right now. The risk is that I will not move fast enough and with the energy that I want to have into my entrepreneurial life full bore. That's, that's the real risk of right now. I enjoy the work that I do nine to five. Yeah. I do find some quite a bit of value in it. Not as much value as I find in my entrepreneurship, But the biggest risk I have right now is not moving fast enough in terms of what I'm doing with my business. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think that it can be really tough. You want to be ahead. You want to be further than, you know, you mentioned this earlier, you want to be further ahead than you are and it can feel like it's taking forever. So yeah, I think that a lot of people can relate to that feeling. Yeah. The risk is in becoming complacent with the speed that you're going at. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to change something, willpower depletion is a real thing and you're not going to be able to just always pick yourself up by your shoelaces when things really slow down. You got to be able to maintain your run as you're going. And sometimes there are obstacles in the way of that run, but finding a way through them is, is a big challenge sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would you say that you're most proud of in your career? It's probably that I don't have a lot of regrets. Amazing. It's probably that I've made a difference in a lot of people's lives and that I've always been proud of the work that I do. 
That's amazing. That's a really great attribute. Yeah. Excellent. There's not a lot of moments where I look back and I say, man, that was really shameful or disgraceful or embarrassing. Even, even the, the setbacks that have happened, I've looked back on those times very fondly and said, man, I learned a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that really shows your growth mindset too, of you know, where you're headed. Yeah. So you mentioned before about leadership being about impact. Mm-hmm. When you think about your own career, who do you think has had the biggest impact for you? There, there are a few names that come to mind. As recently as about a year ago, I was working in a football organization. I was working at a SEJEP and, and our head coach was someone who's had a lot of impact on my life um, and just was, was a real coach. And I've worked with a lot of coaches or people who had the title of coach and don't get me wrong. They were, they were very well-intentioned people and they were friendly and they taught me a lot of things. But when I met this guy about four and a half years ago, five years ago, that was a big change for me because I finally had someone who, who was not my parent, (laughs) (laughs) who was really holding me accountable and was teaching me every day um, and just wouldn't settle for less than my best. Amazing. Yeah. Is there anyone else that you can think of? I've had a lot of great bosses and each one of them has taught me something. I had a great teacher when I was in high school. My, My best teacher when I was in high school was actually my band teacher. Was your question around just professional leadership and development there? No, it could be anything. Okay, because when I think about um, my band teacher, my high school band teacher, he was he was really a coach who just, you know, held a baton. <laughs> and all of the things that I aspire to teach people in terms of leadership, he embodied that. So he was a great communicator. He was very self-aware. Uh, he understood people and could build relationships with people. And he was always a guy who was making himself better in his field. He was always listening to, if he wasn't doing the work of his, of his job, he was listening to music. He was adjudicating people. He was always furthering himself, going first into new things. To me, that's kind of what another, if I were to sum it up in terms of leadership, it's going first, right? Mm-hmm. So he was a really big mentor of mine. And um, I felt him uh, when he retired at the end of my grade 11 year, my second last year of high school, there was a there was a pretty big void. I had a high school football coach as well, who was a, a very important influence and a, a guy I still am in regular, semi-regular contact with. I would say that his greatest contribution to my life is just believing that I could be what I wanted to be. That is very cool. Very inspiring. It's interesting too, how these people who influence us, even if they're not in our lives regularly anymore, their influence remains many, many years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We never forget how people make us feel. Very cool. Yeah. Which, what, which instrument did you play? 
in band. So I, um, early on in my life, I took piano lessons, didn't really stick long-term, uh, picked up a trumpet when I was in grade seven, enjoyed it, but I had braces twice. So like there were some setbacks there. Um, my biggest instrument by the time I was done high school was actually the upright and electric bass. So cool. Yeah. I've been all over that, that map a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. So continuing on that vein, who do you look up to right now? Who are some people who are kind of the beacons for you as you move forward in your career? Mm -hmm. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm always kind of discovering new people that have, have gone down a path that really interests me. That is something that is a path that I would like to go down as well in some way. So there are some people that, you know, there are some big names that I really look up to and I respect. I love, um, I love a guy named Chris Doe who is like teaching, you know, the world's artists, how they can actually make money from their work and, and do the work that they love. Very cool. And he does that through teaching. Um, like he, he does that by, by taking what he has learned throughout his really brilliant career in both graphic design and in business and sharing that with the world. I, I do not have the kinds of awards in my professional fields that he has in his and the accolades that he's got. I don't have that same portfolio, but I still have the same attitude of I can take what I've done in the past and I can transfer what I've learned, the wisdom that I've gained to others if they're, if they're willing to listen. Um, on that, do you think that yeah. he, do you think that he was able to influence before all those accolades? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the accolades came as a result of the influence. Yeah. It just happened in a more private forum. I mean, he's now, the guy's got like a massive YouTube channel with like half a million subscribers or whatever. You don't do the the kind of work that he has done. He's done some, I think, Emmy award winning stuff. He's worked for most of the Fortune 100 companies in terms of in terms of building, um, you know, marketing media property, and and you don't develop that kind of company or that kind of an organization without being someone who who can influence. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Who else? Who else is influencing you right now? Honestly, like one of the things that it's really a group of people, I guess other entrepreneurs, they, they influence me. Their, their attitude just energizes me or anyone who has like a side hustle or something that they are really striving to build. I just like, I just want to talk to them all day. <laughs> you know, like I want to know what their thoughts are on, you know, where they're at in their business. And they're the people that I really enjoy meeting, you know, so it doesn't have to be somebody who's got some sort of massive platform or is up on some sort of pedestal that I've, you know, just created out of my, my own thoughts. Yeah. I, I try and draw inspiration from, from everywhere, honestly, when it comes to, to learning about business, to learning about you know, career development, which is the work that I do. And then the work in terms of building my business, I'm, I'm excited to learn from other people who build businesses. Very cool. Yeah. How do you think you've changed over the past five years? 
I'm a much more confident person now than I was five years ago. And I can say that with confidence. I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think I would have been able to recognize that five years ago. What like, do you think shifted that, that for you? Uh, experiences that humbled me just being able to be in a position where I had to sort of sit down, sit back, listen, learn, take some really, uh, tough feedback sometimes, uh, realizing that, you know, I, five years ago, I'm not sure that I was at the point where I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I'm at the point where I think I, I know what I don't know in a lot of things, but mm -hmm. five years ago, I was in a place where I just couldn't see myself as an observer of my own life. Mm. Right. Like I, I was living my life very much day to day. And it's not that, I mean, I was a very happy person then and I still am now, but I'm far more understanding of the fact that your life doesn't have to just be a series of the tens of thousands of days that it can be. It, it, it shouldn't just be individual pages in a book. It should be the book. Mm. And you write it day by day. You, you, in the same way that you write a book, you write it one page at a time, but the pages should talk to each other. They shouldn't, they should flow. They should move from one to the next. There should be a story. Yeah. So I'm a lot more conscious of the story that I'm trying to write now. That's really cool. Yeah. You're very aware of where you're headed and where you've come from and how it all fits together. Yeah, definitely wouldn't have said anything that I just said now five years ago. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. So in your website bio, mm -hmm. and this kind of ties back to that, you know, book mentality, you mentioned that you were born, which you talked about earlier in this episode, you were born with a life-threatening medical condition. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that it led you to have the mindset of a survivor. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the characteristics of a survivor? Someone who believes that they can overcome adversity. So it doesn't mean that they don't ever encounter adversity. It means that they believe that whatever happens, they will come out of it. Okay. Even if they're, you know, all scarred up or they're down some important people in their life, being a survivor means you're not, you're not quitting on yourself. Wow. Yeah. And how do you think that that's influenced your life up to this point? Uh, I guess I just haven't quit on myself. I think that's in reality, I know that sounds kind of glib, but like I'm someone who can be really persistent. And when things don't go the way I had, I had anticipated, um, I'm pretty good at tacking and changing course and, you know, setting the sails in a new direction and seeing where that takes me. At the same time, I'm also confident that like, however I go to my, you know, my final destinations, I I'm confident that at some point I'm going to get there. So sometimes I'm still kind of figuring out the map, mm -hmm. but I have an idea of 
the way I'm getting there being just a way that will get me there. I believe that I can go somewhere in my life. That's amazing. And it sounds yeah. like it would be really beneficial for your clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they all have maps that they're often not really sure of. So to kind of help be somebody that helps to draw that map with them, something that, that really inspires me. Very cool. Yeah. If you could give advice to your 20 year old self, what would you say? I think I actually wrote an article about that that gave me like, I put out about 16 things or something like that that I would have said to myself. Um, we can link to that in the show notes. We could do that. That's kind of like my cheap cop-out answer. But I, I think from that, the most important thing still for me is just to, to be patient and just see everything as a learning experience. And the moment that you stop seeing the learning opportunity in something, that's the moment you stopped growing. Mm -hmm. So as long as your mindset is always around, what can you learn? Uh, you can, you can only evolve. That's so, great advice. Yeah. That's something I would have, I wish I could have like played my voice of now into myself when I was 20, <laughs> that would have been effective. Awesome. Well, when we, we come up with those time machines, you can go back and play right. it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, what's something that most people don't know about you? Most people are usually pretty surprised. Um, if they, if they haven't known me for too long that I was a university DJ, like I was a house music DJ in university for a bit. That's awesome. What um, kind of music? So like a lot of like deep house was, was how I kind of started out. Like I was very much like kind of an opener type DJ someone playing a lot of like the more down tempo conversational cocktail type music. Cool. Um, and then as that, as that kind of that phase sort of ended and shifted towards just being a guy who played in, you know, top 40 and his buddies house parties and various university events just with, with his friends. So that was, that was something that I got into and it was an amazing experience for me. I've always been, a little bit musical and I think maybe that's something that a lot of people don't know. I I'm I'm really bad with movies. I I haven't watched a lot of movies. I haven't watched a lot of TV in the last <laughs> 5 years actually. So when someone like quotes a movie or says, "Do you remember this character in such and such film and how they did this and that?" and I'm like, "Nope." Right over your head. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm very irrelevant in those kinds of conversations. So I mean, my girlfriend is much better with pop culture than I am, but, uh, that's, that's not been something that I have put my, my attention into. That's fair. You've had a lot of other things on the go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that, that trend changing anytime soon either. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I have some fun questions for you. Cool. When you were three years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think the first thing I wanted to be when I, when I was conscious of that, um, question was, uh, I want to say a firefighter. Nice. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Another helper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's your favorite app right now? It's funny. I use apps really just to like sort of measure things. 
So mm-hmm. like I like MailChimp right now. I know that nice. sounds funny, like an email marketing app, but um, it's something that keeps me really engaged as I do more and more email marketing and just like to sort of see who is engaging with what I'm doing and the app gives me the ability to sort of get a, a solid um, feel for, you know, my, my community as I'm, I'm building it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What are you reading right now? If anything, I'm reading a great book right now. That's really helping me uh, with my business and the effects of it, I think will become clear in the next few weeks. Um, It's called building a story brand by Donald Miller. Mm. And it's, a really good book for anyone who is an entrepreneur or is, you know, in the leadership uh, ranks of a business uh, in terms of just how you can communicate a business's message through story, because that's how most things in humanity's history have been communicated. It's been through story. So a very valuable lesson there. And I just before I've only recently started this book, I just wrapped up, um, the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni, which is a really great, easy read. It's a, it's written as a fable and then really kind of breaks down a little bit of the story after you, you finish it up. But those two books back to back have had me pretty excited as of late. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Like intuitively, the first thing that came to my mind was the ability to to read people's thoughts. Mm. I am getting better at that. Like, you know, with the human limits that I have, (laughs) it's something I've gotten much better at doing throughout the course of my life. So if I were to go past that idea, I guess I'd probably just like to be able to fly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It would be super helpful. Yeah. Very cool. If we were sitting here a year from now, celebrating what a great year it's been for you, Mm -hmm. what will you have achieved? I'll be doing work like this. I mean, in my business, you know, maybe a hundred percent of the time or close to it. Um, I'll probably be working a lot of hours, but I'll be doing a lot of the things that I really want to do and I'll be able to do them when I want to do them and how I want to do them. Um, that's a very like selfish kind of way of looking at it. But in terms of what will bring me to that, it means that I've really connected with a lot of people in a way that was really impactful. So seeing, a large number of new people in my life or people that I've had in my life for a really long time kind of have stronger ties with them. Um, and feeling like I'm on a journey with them and that I'm also part of their journey just as much that to me would be hugely successful. And that's not just in my professional life, but also in my personal life. Very cool. Well, we'll have to do a celebratory episode in a year from now. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. So where can people find you? The first place I would say people can find me is at coachwizzo.com. So C-O-A-C-H-O-I-S-E-A-U.com. Wazo is the French word for bird. So like that whole, if you're looking at that word and you're like, I don't know how to pronounce that. And 
most people that I've explained that to, like they need a few tries, but coachwazo.com is where my business uh, lives. I'm on LinkedIn as Mike Bird. I'm on social media as Coach Wazo. You can find me pretty easily through all of those uh, channels, but uh, the site will get you pointed in the right direction if you can't find me otherwise. Awesome. Yeah. And are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? You know, don't judge yourself too much. That's when I typically, if I'm in trouble, it's because I'm doing that. And just like, you know, one of my favorite movies is, and yes, of the few movies I've seen, one of my favorite movies is Cool Runnings. And so the whole line of peace be the journey, like, please don't judge yourself. Just peace be the journey. Awesome. I yeah. love it. Thanks. Great way to end off. So thank you everybody for listening to our episode today. We look forward to chatting with you soon. I'm Lisa Petkosek. I'm Mike Bird. And we'll see you soon. Bye for now.